Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Do we have a tremendous football Thursday edition of You Better You Bet in store for the next three hours? What a first hour of the show it was, talking MVP in the National Football League. The next three hours are going to be absolutely incredible. We'll tag the MVP discussion, still have a couple more things we'd like to hit, including uh, Kenny Pickett, which we look forward to talking about uh, the Steelers starting quarterback. And maybe we'll do some of the rookies and some of the uh, like Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, like upside types as well for NFL Most Valuable Player. We'll also talk NFL Defensive Player of the Year. One hour from now, Ken Barkley going to give you his full college football card for week one in Lochmas. And uh, five phenomenal guests are on the way. 20 minutes from now, Joey Kanish, Pro Sports Better from The Hammer, will join us. 40 minutes from now, Anthony DeBundo, our good friend, will join us talking EPL and the Champions League draw. Colin Wilson from the Action Network in hour number three. Our teammate here from the BetQL Network, Ryan Horvat, host of the uh, the tailgate kickoff, the weekend tailgate. Uh, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern here on the BetQL Network. Ryan will join us at 5.40 p.m. Eastern time. But batting leadoff today for our five phenomenal guests on this tremendous football Thursday. One of our absolute favorites here on You Better You Bet. And how about this? Freshly minted member of the new show, courtesy of Fox Sports, Bear Bets with Chris Felica, Sam Paniotovich, absolutely killer. Rawr, absolutely killing it right now. So you can watch him on Nesson. Now you can watch him on Fox Sports as part of Bear Bets. You can read him on Fox Sports as well. And you can listen to his sports betting podcast over a chicken dinner. And you can follow him on Twitter at SP Shoot. Sam, my friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Uh, a, how you doing? And B, a little birdie told me that we might be chuckling at the end of this segment. Can you confirm or deny these rumors? B, we will be chuckling. A, everything is great. And I wish you guys could have watched me watch the last 10 minutes of USC San Jose State. Holy cow. I had 31. I had 31 and a half. Spartans are down like seven at half. And then USC got three touchdowns in a row, and then I wasn't covering. I'm like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, in natural fashion, they cover in the back door and, and cover the 31. But, oh, man, I, I forgot what the football sweats are like. They're unlike anything else in this world. Yeah, I believe, uh, what, 56-28, something like that, your uh, your That's final right. score. Just a game flies over the total. Uh, one of the only games that flew over the total, but it was USC, so I guess that makes sense. And, yeah, just the the backdoor and a big spread with USC this week. That might that might come up at Lochmas at the top of the hour. Uh, Nick already had a, a pick on that in yesterday's game, or in yesterday's segment, rather. Sam, uh, you've come on with us before. We've had you on a couple times before the season starts, and you've talked a little bit about Florida and Utah, uh, the biggest game tonight, kind of like the opening night of college football, week zero, kind of like. I don't know, the appetizer, and you've been kind of adamant the whole time, like Cam Rising, Utah's quarterback, seems unlikely to play. We've had other guests on that have said that. Now now we're here, Cam Rising's not going to play. And as you'd imagine, the market's a little less than it was a couple weeks ago. So Utah's about four and a half or five in this game tonight. Uh, we'll have a backup quarterback, a third string quarterback, really, but the quarterback who played in the Rose Bowl when Cam Rising got hurt as their starting quarterback. And Florida comes in, low expectations with Graham Mertz. The total's been bet down a lot too, 44 and a half. Uh, I know you have some bets on this game. Even if the bets, like the numbers don't exist because the board's going crazy and stuff, just kind of your rationale for how you see this game playing tonight. It just seems like a big mystery, right, with Utah's quarterback. Well, I mean, he did have a full offseason of getting ready for this game, Ken. You know, it's not really a surprise that, that Cam Rising is not playing tonight. I mean, we talked about this, I think, three weeks ago. When I got back from Vegas, one of the first things I told you guys was that we don't think Rising's ready to go because everything sort of changed. 
at Pac-12 Media Day, he's, oh, I'm, I'm going to be ready for the opener. And then shortly after, it's like, well, I'm going to do what's best for me. <laughs> That's sort of the writing on the wall. But they've had time to get this kid ready. So I, I think Utah, like on the low end, you know, at minus four, I would have probably laid a little bit of four, but now it's back up to five. So I don't think there's a side you can play. I mean, obviously, wise guys came in, took nine and a half, nine, all the way through seven, and then the buyback started at four, four and a half. But I, I don't think there's a bet to make right now on the side. As for the total, you know, I don't like pass posting on your guys' program, but you know, I bet under 47 when I was in Vegas. I bet under 46, and then I have a little bit under 45. Like, those are obviously staggered. I have more on the 47 than the 45. But today I had one of my listeners send me a message, go, hey, do you like under 44? And I'm like, no. You just you can't bet under these, these bad numbers when you're missing the 47 and missing the 44 and a hook. And, you know, you can't be laying under 47, or you can't be going under 44 when it was under 47. I, you know, if, if you're looking for a little action, I, I don't hate the hook now. You can go under 44 and a half. Um, you know, we do see some weather in the forecast, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. I don't know where the big plays come from, and that's really sort of the handicap, guys. Numbers aside, like, where do the big home run plays come from? It's not going to come from Florida. Their receiver room is as weak as it's been since, like, Urban Meyer left. And then you have Utah. The center is hurt. We just found that out. The quarterback – is out. The second quarterback is out. You know, they're going to probably run the ball a lot. And barring, barring like multiple defensive or special teams touchdowns, I don't see big plays in this game. And and then you add in the wind 20, 30 miles an hour, it's going to limit the passing game. So, you know, at 44 and a half, I don't love it as much as I did under 46 and under 47, but it should still be a low and slow total. Absolutely love it. Breakdown of Utah and Florida. We'll talk about this game a little later in the show, both in Lochmas and then Power Hour, Final Hour, when we finalize all our bets for tonight. All right, Sammy, let's get to some games that, uh, at current numbers, that, that you like here coming up for week one in college football. Uh, Ken spent a lot of time in Lochmas um, leading up to the college football season talking about Oregon State um, as a team this season in the win total market, right? And people can go back and listen and get those thoughts from Ken on Oregon State. Playing San Jose State this weekend. Speaking of San Jose State, your thoughts on this game, Oregon State and San Jose State. So I'm high on Oregon State. You know, I've got them like my 23rd or 24th best team in the country, and I only have them, you know, like less than a touchdown behind Utah, which is closing the gap from where the two teams were last season. I think Oregon State's going to do really well offensively this year but there's a couple angles working here and, and one of my buddies who bets in Vegas very sharp guy he came out and took 17 in the hook right away like right when it came out and I was like well I wish I had that number and he goes well take it now because it's 17 and it's probably going to keep running and we look at the market I've got the screen up now there are a couple 17s mostly 16 and a half but I, I I like I said I bet the San Jose State team last week they they put up 400 yards on USC now, I know USC isn't great, which we also talked about last week, but it's still USC, you know. It's not it's not Cal Santa Barbara. Like, there's still some good players on that line, and the secondary has some good players. So I was impressed with the way San Jose moved the ball. And even when they got down 21-28, they were firing. They were getting 20-yard chunks, 25-yard chunks. I think the rhythm of that first game carries over. Remember, they do have a game under their belt. Oregon State comes in probably a little rusty, obviously a little rested. Um, it might take them time to, to figure this out. You know, I, I don't think they're the team that they are in week four coming into the first game. So I, I think this number is way too big. Uh, I made the game like 12 and a half, 13. 
So anything north of two touchdowns, I like. Obviously, if I liked it at 17, I like it at 16. I'm I'm not really too scared by the 17 in college. I think the, the most key numbers in college are 7, 10, 14, 21 to me. I'll speak for myself. But I'm not too scared by 17 down to 16 and a half. If this game lands 17, I'll eat it, and I will apologize to your listeners. But I think the dog is going to keep this one close because of the offensive performance last week. Uh, that should carry over into this week. Oregon State, not that great defensively. And I expect some points here, too, 55, 54 and a half. I think that's a low total, uh, given what Cordero on the offense showed me at the Coliseum last week. Yeah, I'll probably be rooting for San Jose State to to win that game. Oregon State, kind of maybe a team I want to go way under their win total this year would be great. It would be great if it started in that game. Uh, kind of an interesting look there. I kind of agree with you on the total too, Sam, with what we know Oregon State's going to do on offense. The Illini, kind of an interesting team. A really tough team. I don't know how you feel about them this year, Sam. They were really tough for me to figure out, like, is what happened last year the new benchmark? Like, that's what they're going to be every year? Or was it kind of an aberration up? Like, it was just a, a special season. I don't know if they're going to repeat it. Kind of a funny week one number two Less than 10 against Toledo. It was obviously a really good MAC team, but still like a funny point spread based on power conference team versus a not power conference team. Illini laying nine against Toledo. What are we looking at in this game? Yeah, Toledo comes in highly respected by the odds makers. Remember, their win total in Vegas opened at nine and a half. That's pretty high for a MAC team. I think we all understand that. But immediately it was whacked down to eight and a half. I mean, they're talented, but I think coaching leaves a lot to be desired there. You know, Jason Candle has, has lost, I believe, seven or eight games as a double-digit favorite. So that's that's something to keep uh, keep in your pocket for, for max season. But as for Illinois, Toledo, for me, this is matchup. I mean, the number means a lot. Sub-10 is good. I, I laid nine, and you can still lay a nine. They're mostly nine and a half, but anything under 10 is good to me. Illinois is loaded on the offensive line, and yeah, they lost Chase Brown of the NFL, their running back, but we know that running backs aren't that big of a deal. I mean, there's always going to be a running back ready to come up behind the Chase Browns of the world. Toledo is awful up front. They are small. They are slow. And, and I think this is bully ball. You know, this is more handicapped to me than it is number. Like, I think the X's and O's play a lot into it. Bielema is going to run the ball. I mean, that's all he did last year. They power ran. They power ran. They did really well. They had a good defensive line. Um, and they had a good secondary. Now, they lost some guys to the NFL draft, two guys in the top, like, 65 picks or something like that. But Illinois early should set the tone. I wouldn't be surprised if this started, like, 21-7 to and then just sort of got away because the dam will break on Toledo's side. Unless Toledo goes up 14-0, I feel really good about this. This will be one of those games where it's probably close in the first half, but then Illinois pulls away. They rush for 250, 300 yards and then they get ready for Big Ten play. I'm not really that high on Illinois as a whole this year. I think they can win seven or eight games, but this is a bad matchup for them given the way that Illinois wants to run the ball and the way Toledo will struggle to stop the run. You better, you better hear Nick and Ken, Tremendous Football Thursday. A couple more minutes with our good friend Sam Panionovich from Nesson Fox Sports and the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Sam on Twitter at SP Shoot. Sammy, uh, what do you make here of TCU laying almost three touchdowns against prime time coach prime in colorado like i i can't wait for this one tcu in colorado what's your bet here in this game and then we'll uh we'll get to the chuckle game yeah i'll make this one short i mean you guys have talked about this enough in fact i saw your clip saying you're not going to fall into the trap i know that was a narrative segment but i think i think there's a world where tcu is sort of the sharp side and the square side i think there's probably a lot of truth to that and and I go back to, you know, people go, well, I don't, what's, what are the books doing hanging this at 20 and a half? Well, it opened 21 and a half. 
Circa opened 21 and a half immediately, and then it, people bet it down because it was over a key number. Um, but I look at the way that Notre Dame and Navy played. I mean, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, that's too many points. How can, how can you lay that with Notre Dame? And it was over on the second drive. You knew it was over. You knew Navy had no shot. And that's my concern here. Colorado, very weak. I was talking with Jeff Schwartz and the Bear about this on the pod. Offensive line, they are they are really shuffling guys in and out. They don't know what their plan is on the O-line. That's not good against a TCU D-line. It's very solid. And then the biggest issue for Colorado, they, you know, we talk about the receivers and the DBs and the quarterback and the running back and all the skill positions, but if Colorado can't stop the run, forget it. Forget it. And they are slow and they are small. They're like tiny on the defensive line. And I had a guy in Vegas tell me, don't be surprised if TCU runs for 350, 400 yards on Colorado. That's how grim things are in the trenches. So until I see it from Colorado, until I see some tenacity, O-line, D-line, I will bet against this team. And then the elephant in the room is that Sonny Dykes hates Dion. He's going to try and run this thing up every chance he gets. He's not going to be pulling punches. Fourth and three at midfield, he's going to go for it. Fourth and seven at his own 40, he's going to go for it. I think there's a message to be sent to Dion in this game. It's a big one, and I'll be fascinated to follow this throughout the season, how these coaches attack Colorado when Colorado was a wounded animal down by multiple scores. Yeah, and really interesting in a, a college football season where, you know, all the games went under in week zero and all the unders got bet in week one. Here's a total that has gotten bet up five points <laughs> from open, maybe with the expectation that, like, no one's going to stop scoring here. Like, there's going to be kind of a run it up fast into this game. It's really interesting with the big point spread. Uh, Sam, we have like a minute left for the chuckle game. I'm usually the one that chuckles. It's usually a really random game. FCS, schools, incarnate word was a school one time. So in a minute, uh, what do we got this week? Well, these lines came out about an hour ago. I was I was literally hitting refresh over and over and over again. We finally got the lines up. Uh, we are going down the board to Missouri and South Dakota. We bet the over at 45. Uh, it got up to 46, 46 and a half. There's been a little resistance uh, coming back the other way, but we think Missouri is going to be able to basically name its score. This is 308-921 and 308-922, 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, you can find some 45s presently right now. We think Missouri is going to score like 39, 40 points. And then South Dakota needs to get us a touchdown. And that's the handicap. We like the over in Mizzou, South Dakota. Oh, man, that like harkens back to like a, a simpler time when you pick up the phone and say uh, like CCM 202. Nick? Uh, yes, game game 3801, please. A total on Missouri, South Dakota. And just wait for the answer on the, when the other six side of the digits. phone. That's when you know it. it's special. When it's when the when the when the rotation number is six digits long. That's that's always a pretty fun. Pretty I'm fun telling exercise. you that like a super for the people out there that remember it. Uh, Sam is on Twitter at SP Shoot Nesson Fox Sports and the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Please check Sam out on Bear Bets with Chris Felica and Jeff Schwartz. Uh, newly launched show on Fox Sports. Sam supports us. Please support him, my friend. Best of luck with the bets this weekend. We will talk to you next week here on You Better You Bet. Let's go, Mizzou. <laughs> <laughs> name, name, name that or score featuring Missouri. Name that score. Yeah. Oh, man. How about name that psycho? I will right now. Joey Kanish coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.